0: Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning in to the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. All right. Hey, these are great days, amen? I loved your post on Facebook. Did you say like when there's persecution, we become more fervent? I love it. Not that we seek it or ask for it. But our response is like, okay, Lord, we're leaning into you. We're leaning into you. Hey, I want to share a couple thoughts um, about what's so amazing about grace. And uh, Philip Yancey wrote a great book on that. And we're teaching it in Frederick tonight. So I want to give you a little preview about something here that kind of touched my heart. I've been reading about uh, John Newton and the hymn Amazing Grace. It's. Anybody, uh, anybody love that hymn? Lord, bless our time together. Speak to us, through us. May these be your words in Christ's name. Bless our church. Think of Bonnie McClendon today with JD's passing. Just minister life to her. Thank you The JD's in glory. Thank you, God. You're so gracious to us. Bless Guy Singletary today supernatural touch from heaven. Thank you for what you're doing with John Stevener. Amazing. Walking around amazing work of answered prayer. We give you the praise. Bless Pastor Lou today. Dan Pastor Dan Lightsey. Uh think of so many just encourage them, strengthen them in Jesus name. Anne Marie Palati, Ann yes. From that car accident, Lord, Jesus name. Amen and amen. It's interesting, you start praying, you can't stop. (laughs) The the requests are in. So I want us to look at 2 Peter chapter 3 for a minute, a verse that is such a good word all the time. And uh, these are great days, right? I just really believe that No weapon formed against us will prosper. Uh, Speaking of the believer. And when the devil comes in like a flood, what happens? What's that verse? He he raises up a standard. And what's that standard? It's truth, right? So we've been trained for these days to be wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove, not to be naive, right? We're not naive, Sin is not our friend. Evil is not our friend. We cannot co- coexist with evil. <clears throat> so uh, there will be a confrontation, right? And um, we, are, we are prepared in the Lord for those things when they come. And sometimes he prepares us in the moment, doesn't he? Most of the time. Okay, Second Peter 3.18. I want to talk about what's so amazing about grace. And thinking about the grace of God being the person of Jesus Christ, the fullness of God, we could say. You know, someone may want to define grace <clears throat> as a neat definition, a compact definition, but it's limitless. Grace is limitless, right? It's out of our box of, of what we can even define so, I want to read a couple points here from John Newton and the Amazing Grace. Like, how could he write this song? Um, maybe you know these details, but so John Newton, born in seventeen twenty five, uh, his mom was a fervent believer, really instructed him in the Bible. And that really was his only exposure to God, uh, starting at the age of eleven, when she, you know, after she passed away. Uh, he really didn 't have much of an of input of the gospel. Uh, he started taking uh, long trips with his dad and um, and then he became working on these slave ships right in uh, in the mid seventeen hundreds and he started to work with the h m s harwich uh, and he just there was such tremendous deplorable conditions that he actually deserted john deserted and he was caught by the authorities and he was uh flogged and demoted to just a seaman okay so he lost his status that he had so what happened well he moved on to another ship and he began another slave traders ship and he became a servant and he was really mistreated and what happens with abuse is, unfortunately, the abuser can can definitely continue that abusive line. And this is what happened. And he became uh, brutal to the slaves uh, on this ship. But he was rescued. He was rescued, and moved to another ship. And he became a captain of this particular sla- slave ship and as you may know so he was traveling uh on a voyage to england and guess what happened it was a major storm right a major storm that was literally tearing apart his ship and this is what he said lord have mercy upon us isn't that amazing like it's believed this writer says that the words of his mother uh, came back and were he just became conscious of god and I think that can happen sometimes when we're in danger, right? Like, okay, God, you're the only one that can really help us here. And God showed him mercy. And in that, in that moment, there was a great deliverance, and God saved him from the storm. But more than that, it was a turning point in John, John Newton's life. And he began, he began to uh, mark that day... May 10th, 19, uh, 1748 is the day of his conversion when he turned to God, or as he says, the prodigal came home. And isn't that amazing about who God is? Like there's always an open hand, there's always an open door, there's always an open heaven. And then he writes these words, "'Twas grace that taught my heart, heart to fear." Years later, he writes about his, uh, his slave trading experience and uh, the word scandalous is often uh, brought up with the term grace because the way he treated the slaves, he realized that he was treating the Lord this way. And he threw himself on the mercy of God and began to follow God. And uh, <laughs> it's amazing how God begins to bring people into his life. And uh, <clears throat> people like John Wesley, George Whitfield and uh, others that begin to minister the gospel and john newton begins to follow hard after god and he becomes a preacher and he becomes a minister of life and he writes this amazing song amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me i once was lost but now i'm found i once was blind but now i see right how many verses are there there are many there are many verses and it literally is a synopsis of his life. So he begins to, and, he use, and the word is this, he begins to preach the scandalous grace of God. Now, scandal is not a good word, usually. But grace is so out of the box, it's so amazing that it is scandalous. It's, it's perplexing. Like, God, you would forgive a wretch like me and I've been meditating on Saul's conversion when he watched Stephen get, get stoned. Like, and the Christians uh, had trouble adapting to Saul being saved. Like they, did, they didn't want to be in the same room because, you know, if we could say it's like a Hitler getting saved. I mean, this guy was a wrecking ball destroying and persecuting, breathing out threatenings against the church. Imagine that. Uh, I was talking with a brother today and he gave a great perspective he said you know what's going on right now uh in our church uh with the, with the uh, you know the the backlash of of what we experienced last night and the night be- the service before it's causing us to pray for our city isn't it it's causing us to pray for our mayor it's causing us to say hey maybe the lord will give us this publicity and more people will come to the church <laughs> I mean you know, I got to clear the room. Give me a break. I mean, okay, I got to stop right there. Um, the gospel goes on, and it and it draws people to himself, and it's so amazing. So John Newton, the worst, right, the worst person that we could think of or in this situation, like, like the devil would say, you don't have the right to write that song. And John Newton would say, Absolutely, I am living testimony that if grace can go this low, if grace could go this far, if grace, this unmet, this matchless grace, scandalous, that would risk everything to love me, then it's amazing. It, is, it causes us to be in a state of wonder. And I think, as Pastor was talking about mental illness last night, and it is incredible, the numbers, if you look at them, uh, the numbers are like there's no gr- there's no graph like this. It goes straight up. It goes straight up. Why? Because if there's n- if we're spiritually healthy, most likely we'll be mentally healthy. Most likely, <laughs> uh, David's men were chafed in the mind. So uh, <laughs> there's a there's a chafing in the right sense, right, Scott? Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, what is it you're so heavenly minded you're no earthly good i love that you know i mean we're there's a balance to that statement too but but mental illness it's like what is the answer it is the word of god it's the 107:20 of psalms that lead us into healing and also delivering from our own destructions well amazing grace um he goes on to just testify and this song it's just like it is well you know this this hymn it is well the story there of a man that sends his wife and family across the Atlantic the the boat sinks loses his entire family he's in America working with a with his business that's falling apart gets news by telegraph his family just perished in the sea I mean that's Unimaginable news, right? And then he takes the next boat over to England and they stop over the area where his where the boat went down and he writes the song, It Is Well With My Soul, When Sea Billows Roll, right? Uh how does the song go? When Sea Billows Roll. Anyway, there's I don't it's not coming to my mind, but he It is Well, it is Well With My Soul. I mean, what I mean, how do we get to that depth when there's such great loss? Well, it is the wonder of grace. And look at this in Second Peter 3:18. I think as we near the rapture, we must, we must never lose our amazement with the grace of God, because God will constantly be outside the box. Isn't that good? Organization's good, but God will always stretch beyond organization. Systems are good, I love systems, but he will systematically lead us beyond our systems, right? Uh, it's so good. Faith is is a little reckless, but it's a lot of fun, right? in, in the right sense. Fun. That's not a good word. It's very uh, enjoyable. There's a good word, right? Um, so uh, I was reading today about Cornelius when he saw the vision, what happened in Acts chapter 10 when he saw that vision, he said, he said, yes, Lord, what does this mean? But what did Peter say? No, Lord, this cannot be. Two different responses, right? Two different responses, two different outcomes, two different experiences. It's the same thing with grace. Oh, I know grace. Oh, really? I know grace. Oh, okay. Okay just saying that if i say that i say that to myself if i say that i know nothing about grace and i say that in 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 a in a in a encouraging way today because second peter 318 sometimes we think about this for a new believer but god you know satan wants to steal our amazement he wants to he wants to steal the mystery he wants to steal the wonder he wants us to get so wrapped up in our in our systems as usual Remember the lady in the Gospels that was stooped down? Remember, anybody know where that is in the Gospel where she was like, and it was believed that it was a demonic um, oppression that bent her over from as a child? And what did Jesus do? He says, I'm going to, you know, you met the master today. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to straighten you. And I think in our own hearts, God wants to straighten our bentness, our our, our theological concept he wants to bring us from uh, to a place of not just consecration but conversion and I want to show that to you here for, for a moment if I can how you doing amazing grace how many love that song amazing. I just want to sing it you know I love it you know you, you hear it in funerals or, or uh, I, I just like oh you know Lord amaze me again Lord show me your wonder 2 Peter 5:7 walk in wonder not in your own understanding great new living translation of 2 Corinthians 5:7 walk in wonder is there a mystery of iniquity yes is there a mystery of godliness yes well just when we thought things we understood what things are or the limit to things god will say oh there's so much more right we have a revival we, we have a revival in the church, and we meet the devil in the parking lot, right? It's possible, right? It's possible. After a great move of God, there's a, great re- there's a great reaction for the devil. God acts, Satan reacts. Are we surprised? No, we're amazed. We just continually become amazed. Lord, it's amazing how much you love me. It's amazing how much you keep forgiving me. It's amazing that your love, you love me to the end, 13.1 of John. See, the devil wants to distract us from this. He wants us to be amazed with other things or uh, to have things replaced so that we look down. We, we don't keep looking up. We keep, we'd start to look down or we look at things before we look at God. When actually God says, look at me and then look at things and you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at my infiniteness. You'll be amazed at my... Uh, my my power, uh, my all knowledge. You ever sit and pray or talk to a believer and they say something to you and it's like, you just know it's the Spirit. And it's amazing how personal God is. It's amazing how the little things are big things to him. I will perfect that which concerns you, 138.8 Psalms. Like, you're going to perfect that? The Lord says, I'm paying attention to that. It's not a little thing. We have not because we ask not. So God says, ask me about these things. Talk to me. Let me amaze you how faithful I am, a faithful God, faithful God. God hears our prayer, First John 5, 15. Uh, and I'm excited about these days as we lean into God and watch the devil become, you know, experientially resisted. He's already defeated, but we're going to see him resisted. Okay, I haven't read the verse yet. Are you there? Are you ready? Cliffhanger here. 2 Peter 3.18. But grow. It's not a suggestion. It's not, it's not like, hey, instead of doing that, do this. It is a, it's a, it's a command. It's a dogmatic, emphatic. It's instruction. I want you to grow and grow in nothing else but grow in the grace and knowledge. Notice grace and knowledge go together, and they're in context of, the, of Jesus Christ. So as wisdom, I'm sorry, as knowledge increases, as evil increases, we're, we should not be surprised. Evil will increase. It will wax worse and worse. But no matter how weak uh, truth looks, it is still truth. Tommy Morton said this to me. Anybody remember Tommy Morton? That guy. He, I remember my last visit with him before he got promoted. I think I saw him like two or three weeks before he passed. He kind of, in that little voice, kind of that hunched over body, says, I don't know if he said this or if he was quoting somebody else. He said, he goes, no matter how weak truth looks, it's still true. And I go, what, 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 what? No matter how weak truth looks, it's still true. And no matter how strong falsehood looks it is still false and I'm like oh my gosh Tommy I'm gonna write that down I don't want to forget that and that was kind of a, a life word in me because as evil continues I really believe grace will become more amazing to those that are humble like John Newton John Newton probably could have said Lord uh give up on me, Uh, you know, I'm not worth the the investment, right? But love, what does love do? Love goes beyond my fault, sees my need, brings me to a place of reconciliation, restoration, and guess what? (laughs) The superior blesses the inferior, right? Hebrews 7, 7, I love this. We we, we said this verse a 100 times in our Hebrews class. The superior blesses the inferior, Hebrews 7, seven. That should not be logically, right? We think we have to earn it. We have to be a good little boy. And I'm not saying we have to... We're not saying God's condoning living, uh, having us live like, uh, like the devil or anything. But God's mindset or God's way is amazing. It's so outside of our understanding. And this is why the gospel... Is so powerful, and this is why in Ephesians six nineteen, Paul said, "Pray for me, and and pray for Pastor Schaller." I really, he's a I, he's a really amazing man. And, and Pastor Chabelli, my mother said this one of the one of the one of the last things she said to me in in her months before she passed, before I even knew it, she said, "Pastor Schaller." She believed Pastor Schaller and Pastor Chabelli would lead us all the way to the rapture. Isn't that good? I mean, I don't know if that'll happen. But I love that perspective, and it helped me. Like, they are trained and they are equipped with wisdom for um, the, the craziness, right? And we shouldn't be surprised. Like, I'm, ama- I'm amazed sometimes, you know, at people and carnality. God says, don't be, don't be amazed at that. D- don't wonder about that. That's just, that's just the nature of the beast, right? I want you to be perplexed and amazed at the work of the cross. Easter's coming up, perplexed and amazed at the resurrection. I want you to be in awe in Psalm 4-4. And awed and silenced, it says. You see that word selah all all through the Psalms. I want you to shut your mouth in the right sense and be amazed again at my work. Because isn't it true, and I know I'm talking to the, the choir, as they say here, I hope I'm just encouraging you, that familiarity is that great cancer. Like, oh, I've heard that. Oh, I know that person. Or, oh, I've sung that song. And the moment we do it, and we do it, I do it, we stop receiving. Our ears close. Our eyes close. Our heart closes. God says, you don't know what the next verse will do. You don't know what the next word from your brother will do. You don't know what the next song will do. And to prepare our hearts to be amazed. Lord, amaze me again. Amaze me. Maybe I won't have a John Newton experience. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't have a prodigal experience. Maybe we will. Uh, God says, I must lead you to the very end of yourself. Otherwise, you'll be amazed or I'll be amazed at the wrong things. We'll be amazed at, at a, a, a television that has 5,000 channels or whatever. I'll never forget talking to a missionary one time. He's like, he's like, he asked me, this is back in the day. He goes, yeah, he goes, I got cable TV. And I go, really? I said, how many, how many stations do you have? He said, I got about 150 stations. I said, you have time to watch television? And the guy goes, what? And I, I just was not trying to be, you know, not in his face about it. I was like, I don't have time to watch TV. God's moving. And I don't, that person didn't talk to me again, but <laughs> maybe he's enjoying his TV. I don't know. <laughs> we can, <laughs> what? Yeah, I cross, yeah. I mean, I'm not against TV. We can enjoy TV. I mean, got to be careful. TV's like a cesspool in a lot of ways, but anyway, amazed. What catches our attention? The devil wants our attention, right? He wants our eyes, he wants our ears. He wants to get us anxious and, and fearful and doubtful and and to overthink like if you ever noticed on youtube there's all these all these like i don't know if it's increased uh just all these spec us uh, skeptical skeptical nature of the bible and uh you know we have to be so careful not to um have questions that generate more questions questions are good if they lead us to the truth doubts are good if they lead us to the truth but vain questioning or illegal questionings things that are um, cynical cynical right cynical things that are sarcastic things sarcasm undermines sincerity right accusatory good word Uh, so there's great dialogue But grow in the grace and knowledge. Like, this is a great thing. Like, let's be near places and uh, in our mind. Let's purpose to be amazed. Again, amazed. Ephesians 118, open our eyes to observe wonderful things in Psalm 139. What's amazing today? You're amazing, right? You are a trophy of God's grace. The truth of God is amazing. Um, Imagine this, uh, that God knows everything sees everything is everywhere right and if your heart condemns you god is greater than your heart why because he knows he sees and understands everything isn't that good so the next time you're hard on yourselves or i'm hard on myself i'm like wait a minute i don't know everything i know maybe a speck of sand on the seashore right (laughs) that's amazing god says my thoughts to you are greater than in number than the sand of the seashore and they're not thoughts of evil that's amazing i think evil about myself maybe or other people right it's true right maybe not you but i do but his grace still amazes us it leads us beyond ourself god's not here to fix us and and with anybody with any wisdom knows that we can't fix anybody else what do we do we keep presenting what's perfect. We keep presenting what's, what's eternal. We keep demonstrating what is the answer. You know, one of the greatest things we can do in ministering to people, and I, I'm learning this with you, is not to relate to people where they are only, but to relate to them in who God has made them to be, All right. What do I mean by that? <clears throat> we can look at somebody's sin... And we can get hard on them and say, why are you sinning? You shouldn't sin. You're such a sinner. It's like, oh, really? And you're not? (laughs) Uh, But my point is this, is we look beyond the fault and we see their greatest need to be loved, significance, divine purpose. And what happens? We start to lift up what's amazing. What's amazing. So that's our challenge today. Think about the amazement of The mercy of God, it takes away what we deserve and grace gives us what we don't deserve. The long suffering of God, the temperance of God, the gentleness of God, the the wisdom of God, the peace of God that passes understanding. This is what our world needs. And when the detachment from the life of God, and this is where mental illness, I think, starts is when we're detached from the life of God not, not only our purpose and our significance as a human being but when there's a detachment and this is happening wholesale as churches not all but some are again uh just uh how do i say they're closed i'll just put it that way what's happening what's you know the devil wants a sick nation the devil wants a uh, a a people group that's detached from the life of God the devil wants to be able to manipulate people based on on their flesh right but what happens what's the standard no weapon formed against you will prosper why 57 15 why because when the devil comes in like a flood we get a surfboard right the gray surfboard we ride the wave uh, there's a standard what's the standard I'm a good person, right? That's not going to work. I've been a Christian for 25 years. That's not going to work either. I, you know, whatever. I, uh, we can have all these great standards of whatever we think is, is good, but if it's not absolute, it will not push back the devil. It won't push back the devil. What's the standard? It's the Bible, right? Devil knocks at your door, send Jesus to answer the door right? Got problems in your brain? Scrambled eggs? Add a little Tabasco sauce. No. Uh, It got scrambled eggs in your brain? We can speak amazing grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but someone came after me and found me. I once was blind, but now I see. Amen. Lord, just uh, amaze us again. Pull back the veil it may keep us soft, Lord, to to you, to your spirit, to the things of God. God keep us from keep us vigilant, fervent, keep us seeking your face. Your face will I seek. The psalmist said, Lord God, help us. Uh we do pray for our church today, bless our our church family and give us victory. Turn what the devil meant for evil into divine good. And we pray for divine reversals. Uh, we pray for our city, that many will uh, draw near and respond to the gospel. Help those that are in great difficulties today. May, may you send people to share the good news. This Easter season, uh, may people just come in droves to respond to your grace. Your grace still amazes us, Lord. Thank you, God. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. In Jesus' name. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.